This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. You know, it's always interesting getting out on the road and uh, talking with folks in person. We get a lot of information here by taking your phone calls and by getting messages on our Montana Talks app. But the thing is, is you know, they always they always tell you that about probably 99% of the people that are actually listening to talk radio never call in to talk radio. They just they just want to kick back and listen. And uh, but but they they have great insight. Uh, they have great things to say, but but just you just get a lot of folks that, that don't want to call in and talk on the radio. Now, thankfully, uh, especially with our our statewide show, we've got a lot of folks that want to call in and be heard all across Montana, and uh, and then sometimes we'll invite guests on as well. So so we get some great information, but there's just something about getting out of the studio and getting out and seeing folks in person, and uh, and and. and picking up some new information anyway uh, uh spent the weekend traveling uh to dillon and back uh, from dillon montana southwest montana and uh, had a great time uh our friends in dillon uh, some of our listeners there invited me to uh, come out and be the keynote speaker for the lincoln reagan day dinner on saturday night and it i i kind of like going to the lincoln reagan dinners in the off years this is considered an off year uh i mean in the sense that Next year is an election year. The election year is when people really get spun up, when people really get fired up and show up at these Lincoln Reagan Day dinner events and, and, and get fired up about the elections and all of the candidates, everybody and their mother, uh, as far as candidates go, start to show up at these Lincoln Reagan Day dinners. But I like these off year uh, because this is when the work really needs to get needs to be done. This is when the groundwork really takes place. And uh, But, God, we still had over 100 folks uh, at the uh, Frontier Event Center in Dillon on Saturday night. Great time catching up with folks afterwards. Sometimes what they'll do is all of the local elected officials, uh, any of the other local speakers, they'll speak first, and then you'll have a keynote speaker at the end. I love the way they did it Saturday night, though, uh, uh, because we got a chance to hear from the state senator. We got a chance to hear from the county commissioner uh, and others uh, after I spoke. And so it's really interesting because I was just thinking about this morning, hey, what should we talk about here on this Monday morning? Uh, it was really interesting to hear their reactions to what I had to say. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the Beaverhead County Commissioners, Commissioner McGinley, he's been a county commissioner in Beaverhead County now for 23 years. 23 years he's been a county commissioner. And, I, and as I was talking with him, I was like, yeah, I, I was going to say it's got to be around 20 years because back in the day when I was working for uh, then United States Senator Conrad Burns, I remember hearing your name then, and uh, he's still a commissioner now. One of the things I talked about was all of the people that are fleeing these blue states, and they are fleeing to the the free states of America. They are fleeing to the Floridas. They are fleeing to the Texases. They are fleeing to the Montanas of the country. And I shared some numbers about Portland. I shared some numbers about California. And it was interesting because Commissioner McGinley said, Gal, it all makes sense now, doesn't it? He says, I've seen more change in the last three years as a county commissioner than I have in the last 23 years as a county commissioner. Anyway, but uh, picked up some more information. We'll start there right after the uh, news and weather break. Here's your Montana news. A missing Billings Heights man has been found deceased near Zimmerman Park. Scott Miller, 63, had gone to the park Saturday afternoon for mountain biking. That was the last anyone heard from him. 
KTVQ reported that a search began before dawn Sunday after locating Miller's vehicle and phone in the parking lot. The body was discovered farther west. An avalanche injured a skier Saturday near South Fork Deep Creek Trailhead near Livingston. Color 8 reported that dispatch received the call that afternoon, and with the assistance of many skiers and two bare air, Park County Sheriff's Search and Rescue found the skier about two and a half miles from the trailhead. He sustained a broken femur, so after receiving aid for the injury, the skier was airlifted by helicopter from the mountain. After thanking everyone who helped in the rescue, Park County Sheriff Brad Bickler added, quote, Stay safe out there. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see some periods of light snow across the region as we continue through your Monday as we do see accumulations generally staying up around an inch in spots or less. As we'll see high temperature readings ranging from the mid-20s in the Bozeman area to about the lower 30s into Billings. The outlook for tonight does call for some more snow showers and accumulation expected to stay at an inch or less. Lows around 9 above in Bozeman to 19 in the Billings vicinity. And still looking at uh, partial sun and some cloudiness on Tuesday. Still some snow showers around early on in the day, especially high temperatures. Uh, staying in the mid-30s in the Billings area to around 30 degrees in Bozeman. Tuesday night, we'll see lows near 8 above in Bozeman, 18 in Billings. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Paul Frombley. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, you know, it was it was interesting. Uh, Saturday night, uh, I was speaking at the Lincoln-Reagan uh, dinner in Beaverhead County, Dillon, Montana, and uh, talked a lot about this. Uh, you know, some of the some of the big issues we've been covering on the show over the last few weeks and uh, over the last year or so. Shared, shared some tidbits that uh, that I didn't even share on the radio that were just kind of fun to talk about. But you know, I was talking about the fact that that you know this whole question of a, a national divorce. And and again, I think uh, I think most of us agree here that we shouldn't be talking about a national divorce. We should be talking about a national reconciliation, which of course goes back to David Harsanyi's point with the Federalists, which is we need more federalism. We need uh, a respect for our constitutional rights once again. We're, we're, what we have right now is we have a federal government that is undermining uh, American the American economy. We have a federal government that is completely trampling on our rights as citizens, and they want to do more. And so we need uh, we need a return to that federalism that respects our constitutional rights. Uh, but but I was talking about okay, let's 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 run with this idea here because Joy Reid, the the leftist on MSNBC, you know the uh, the racist on MSNBC. Joy Reid basically said, well, if we had a national divorce, we'd be living in a the, – the people that would be trapped in the red states, the people that would be trapped in the Republican states, she said, would basically be – would be trapped in a Confederate hellscape. And I'm thinking, wow, because we know where the hellscape is now in America. We know where these hellscapes already are. 
people are fleeing the Democrat-run cities. People are fleeing the Democrat-run states. They are fleeing these hellscapes to escape to the free states of America, to escape to the red states like Florida, Texas, and Montana. And that's partly what I was talking about on Saturday night. Over the weekend, that's, of course, what Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was talking about as well. This is a result of better governance in states like Florida. It is a result of poor governance in these left-wing states. That's why people are moving. So he was talking about all the people that are that are fleeing states like California to go to states like Florida. Here's more of what Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had to say. And if you look over the last four years, we've witnessed a great American exodus from states governed by leftist politicians imposing leftist ideology and delivering poor results. And you've seen massive gains in states like Florida who are governing according to the tried and true principles that President Reagan held dear. All right, I believe that was the speech that DeSantis gave at the Reagan Presidential Library uh, over the weekend. Uh, President Donald Trump was at the Conservative Political Action Conference over the weekend as well. Got some great sound bites to share uh, from uh, President Trump as well. But some of the numbers that I shared on Saturday night in Dillon, you know, the fact that 700,000 people have fled California. California is losing uh, people. They're they're shedding more than than a certain jab, right? California is just shedding people. They're trying to get the heck out of there. Portland, Oregon has lost population three years in a row. These are some of the numbers that Evelyn Pyburn has shared with us here uh, during our uh, Back to Business uh, segment that we do every Monday on this show. And so I was making the point that people are leaving for the free states of, of America. People are already voting with their feet. And so to go to Joy Reid, who is who is this racist on MSNBC, who is saying that, well, the people that will be trapped in red states will be in this hellscape. OK, first off, people aren't trapped in red states. People are escaping to the red states. And, and I talked about, you remember the Iron Curtain? Since it was a Lincoln-Reagan dinner, we talked about the Iron Curtain in the 1980s. And, and, you know, how on one side of the Iron Curtain, you had freedom. On the other side of the Iron Curtain, you had communism and tyranny. And in the past three years, hasn't it felt like there's been an iron curtain in parts of America where one city is free and another city is not free, where one state is free and another state is not free? I mean, was there an iron curtain between Texas and New Mexico where you could have Friday night lights in Texas? The kids could go to school. They could play football. They could go to Friday night lights. They didn't have to wear masks. But then you go to the other side of the iron curtain. In New Mexico, a blue state with blue cities, with with schools facing the blues. Schools were shut down. There was no Friday night lights. Kids you were forced to wear masks everywhere you went. Suicide rates skyrocketed. It was misery, much like on one side of the Iron Curtain, there was misery on the other side. It was a different story. And so so where is the where are the hellscapes in America right now? They're in Lori Lightfoot, Chicago. They're in Gavin Newsom, San Francisco. They're in Mayor Ted's Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, and and that's where the hellscapes are. And even you know, even if you look elsewhere across the country, it's the blue cities, it's the blue states that literally have the blues. And and much like when the Berlin Wall was up, the 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 eastern side, the communists had to have armed guards on the on the wall 
to prevent people from escaping. You notice on the western side where there was freedom, they didn't have to have armed guards to keep people from escaping the west. No, no, no. It was the east that had to have armed guards. It was the communists that had to that had to keep people locked in. Uh, and and similarly, what's what's happening now? You've got uh, liberal states that are trying to punish and try to try to follow and track down the very people who fled their states because they want to try to tax them more. They want to punish them for fleeing their tyrannical cities and fleeing their tyrannical states. But one guy who. Uh, He's a he's a local mechanic in in Dillon. He said he said, oh, yeah, he said, man, there are so many new people that that are in Beaverhead County and in the Dillon area now. And he said, you know, being a mechanic, I go into all their homes and and uh, I get to talking to them and, and they all seem like good folks. And and I said, well, where are you from? And they said, well, well, but we're not one of those. We're not one of them. They're all trying to say we're not like the rest of those California. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, on Sunday, the National Farmers Union kicked off its 121st annual convention in San Francisco, highlighting the ability of Farmers Union members to make change at the local, state, and federal level. NFU President Rob LaRue said a great example of this is how their Fairness for Farmers campaign is catching the eyes and ears of lawmakers across the entire country. Tom Underland, a partner at Robbins Kaplan in Minneapolis, who, by the way, also has agriculture roots in both Big Timber, Montana and Rapid City, South Dakota, talked about NFU's lawsuit addressing competition in the beef industry. This case is a pretty familiar story, right? It's all about concentration. It is the cattle and beef antitrust litigation. And who we are attacking are the four largest beef uh, packing companies in the United States uh, that control 85 to 90 percent of the slaughter volume, the annual cattle slaughter volume. It's it's your typical hourglass, right? You have the upper side of the choke point, you got the lower side. We're concentrating on the seller side, upper side. Of course, as the convention continues, delegates and attendees will participate in breakout sessions on a variety of topics, including right to repair, the new farm bill, and more. And closing out convention, delegates will debate and vote on NFU's policy for the coming year. Stay with us. We'll have more egg news right after this. Ranchers join Pine Coulee Bulls as they sell 160 Angus Bulls at the Wagon Box Ranch near Hardin, Montana, Monday, March 13th. Offering sons at a Coleman Resolve, Pine Coulee Drifter, SAV Resource, Coleman Bravo, and many more industry-leading sires. Large sire groups and affordable proven genetics and volume. It's the Pine Coulee Bulls sale, 12 noon, Monday, March 13th, at the Wagon Box Ranch near Hardin, Montana. Catalog and videos at PineCooleeBulls.com. Bid live online with TV auction farmers know a thing or two about being tough and they hold their wheat to that same standard their fields need to be able to take on anything because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store that's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like wb9590 and wb9719 both offer high yield potential standability and are balanced with protein meet your standards of excellence plant Westbred. performance may vary 
Well, tractors are absolutely essential to the daily life of farmers and ranchers. And this year marks the 100th anniversary of the Farmall Tractor. Octane Press is celebrating this significant historic milestone with the launch of a new book, Farmall Century. Award-winning author and photographer Lee Cloncher was inspired, he says, to take on this project in celebration of the 100th year milestone. So we've got a new book for this special year uh, called the Farmall Century, and it will cover the creation of the Farmall, actually going all the way back to the creation of IH, um, and we'll follow the Farmall brand right up to the modern day. So the heart and soul of the book will be Farmall up into the 1950s, but we'll also talk about how that brand lived on even to today. And he says the release date is July 4th. By the way, there's another book titled Farm All in the Family with Casey and Friends for children ages 4 to 8. Release date coming up on April 4th. Both books are available for pre-order at OctanePress.com or anywhere books are sold. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nemitz. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks. With Aaron Flint. Yeah, interesting. I was scanning through the Unleashed Prosperity Hotline. That's Stephen Moore's newsletter. Uh, one thing that, that we read every morning around here on Montana Talks, even when our guest hosts are filling in for us, uh, the uh, Unleashed Prosperity Hotline will be sitting there uh, waiting for them. Uh, this is one of the stories uh, in the, the latest Unleashed Prosperity Hotline here. More and more neighborhoods want to secede from dysfunctional woke blue cities uh let's see where are we at here i think this is in georgia uh atlanta yeah atlanta is a prime example since 2005 more than a dozen new cities have been incorporated independently including sandy springs it now has 108,000 people is hugely successful and is the seventh largest city uh, in the state. Uh, Now the residents of the booming Buckhead District of Atlanta want to break off from Atlanta as well. Buckhead was annexed by Atlanta in the 1950s and now feels it is being held hostage by a corrupt government. It has one-fifth of Atlanta's population but supplies 40% of Atlanta's uh, revenue while getting little effective uh, services in return. So that's kind of interesting. You've got you've got neighborhoods that want to break away from these liberal-led cities. You've got counties that want to break away from these liberal-led states, i.e. Oregon, where you've got the that greater Idaho movement underway, where you've got uh, pretty much all of Oregon wants to get away from Portland. They want to get away from Eugene, and they want to be a part of Idaho so that they can't just be ruled by the mob in, in Portland, Oregon, the same Portland, Oregon that has lost population three years in a row. Uh, California, 700,000 people have fled California in recent years. And those numbers are probably even dated. The number is probably even much larger than that. Uh, Sean and Shelby sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. And Sean makes a good point here, too, Who you know, to this question. Who is fleeing these blue cities? Who is fleeing these blue states? And Sean and Shelby says it's, it's the tax-paying people that are leaving 
uh, yeah, that's every time I take take the show on the road and I get out. Well, I, we didn't do the show on the road. I just went out and and uh, did some yapping on the road on Saturday night in Dillon. But we're back in studio today. But uh, every time I get out there on the road, you know, there's there's this question. Oh, you know, we're just Montana's just getting, you know, we were full to begin with, and now we're just getting over full. Uh, where are all these people coming from, and who are these people that are that are piling into Montana? And um, consistently, what I've heard is that overall, not everybody, obviously, but overall, the people who have come into Montana post-pandemic are true political refugees, good people, working folks who paid the bills in these other states, and they finally just had enough. They've had enough of these liberal-led cities. They've had enough of these liberal-led states. But uh, like I say, kind of like the mechanic and in Dillon that I spoke with on Saturday night uh, after the Lincoln-Reagan dinner. He says, you know, they all want to make sure that everybody knows they're not one of those people, one of those crazy people that are still running the show in California or elsewhere. Fox News, and I'm Chris Foster. The FBI is looking for four Americans believed to have been kidnapped in Matamoros, Mexico, just across the border from Brownsville, Texas. The Americans had gone across the border on Friday and were traveling in a white minivan with North Carolina license plates. The FBI San Antonio Division Office says the vehicle was fired upon shortly after crossing into Matamoros. Fox's Tanya J. Powers. One person's killed, two injured in a single-engine plane crash in Lindenhurst, New York, Long Island. Shortly after takeoff, the pilot issued a mayday signal saying there was smoke in the cockpit. The pilot turned back to the airport in nearby Farmingdale, but the plane came down in a residential neighborhood. Three people were on board the plane. One person was killed. Two others were injured. Officials say no one on the ground was hurt, and the FAA and NTSB is investigating. Fox Ted Lindner. A Boy Scout's mother's been killed by a fallen tree during a hike in Cupertino, California. America's listening to Fox News. All right, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970, or you can send us a message on our Montana Talks app, just like Sean and Shelby uh, just sent us a message there as well. Uh, yeah, I would thought about, you know, there were a couple of interesting topics that I'd thought about uh, scheduling some guests on the show uh, this morning. And I know we got, we got four hours, so there's plenty of time to sneak in phone calls and time uh, to sneak in some interesting guests. But I'm thinking for today, uh, obviously we've got Evelyn Pye, Burn coming up at the top of the seven o'clock hour for our business news and our uh, our business segment here. We get back to business every Monday with the Big Sky Business Journal. But other than that, I think we're going to pretty much just leave things wide open, leave the phone lines open all morning long. Obviously, I've got a, a whole bunch of uh, news and information that I can share with you. Uh, but in part, here's here's why I also want to leave the phone lines open all morning long because you know right now we've got state legislators that are on their transmittal break. So the Montana legislature, they just finished the first half of the legislative session, and then now they're on, I think, a one-week break. Now, some are, are taking an actual break, taking an actual vacation, which which is good. That's great. Rest your mind. Get ready to roll when the when the legislature's back in session. But but many are taking advantage of this transmittal break to hear from you, to hear from their constituents, uh, or to give you, your constituent, their, their constituents, a little more information. Hey, here's what we've been working on over the uh, the past couple of months. And here's what we need to do uh, still in the second half of the Montana legislative session. And so I, in part, I want to leave the phone lines open today because I'd imagine there's a lot of state legislators that have a lot to talk about and they want to update you. 
And so, so I want to leave the phone lines open, not just for, for you, but for them as well, in case they've got something they want to talk about here uh, in, during this uh, transmittal break from the Montana legislature. And, and of course, you know, we, we might have different lawmakers listening at different times of the morning. You've got your early risers. You've got your, your folks that, that get rolling later in the day. Right now, uh, we're broadcasting live in the Billings and Bozeman areas. And then come 8 o'clock, we start broadcasting live in, in Great Falls and in the Flathead. And then, of course, 9 o'clock, that's when we take you statewide from Glendive all the way to Missoula, pick up Plentywood and elsewhere in, uh, in northeastern Montana. Uh, President Donald Trump spoke at the Conservative Political Action Conference over the weekend. Uh, here's part of what he had to say early on in his uh, hour-long plus remarks. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add... I am your warrior, I am your justice, and for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. All right. I am the warrior uh, was the message of uh, President Donald Trump at CPAC over the weekend. He added this. For seven years, you and I have been engaged in an epic struggle to rescue our country from the people who hate it and want to absolutely destroy it. The sinister forces trying to kill America have done everything they can to stop me, to silence you, and to turn this nation into a socialist dumping ground for criminals. All right, more to follow. Phone calls. We'll start with your calls next. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into your calls. Phone lines are open for you on this Monday, 406-294-0970. First up this morning, Tim in Billings. Tim, great to hear from you. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, You were talking about the the refugees moving into the state, and coincidentally last night I I clicked on an online article, you know, big click stuff but it was you know who's who's where are people moving to your city from and i believe the article if you want to call it that was dacker.com or something but you know according to this thing the usual suspects for the people moving to buildings you know portland seattle denver minneapolis atlanta you know dallas and I'm sure some of those people are coming here for work. Some of those people are coming here as political refugees. But on that list, I think it was number four or five was Bozeman. And I thought, oh, yeah. well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? These people are probably a little bit of political refugees, but probably more than anything inflationary refugees because they can't afford a tar paper shack in the Gallatin Valley. Well, and no cultural, cultural refugees as well. Yes, some of our Bozeman listeners exactly. could tell you right now. No, I I can tell you. I uh, I shouldn't I, identify some of the. No, this is you're you're exactly right. No, that that article you mentioned. Yeah, there's a lot of clickbait trash out there. But uh, but no, I, I very clear. I mean, we even know that there were like high tech companies, for example, that they were looking to, you know, if they were going to expand their business, they were going to, you know, they were going to set up shop in Big Timber or Lewistown or Billings or somewhere else because a like you mentioned the cost in in Bozeman for everything else, but also you know think about it if if you fled Portland, Oregon, or you fled San Francisco, or you fled one of these other places, and then you you pull up in Bozeman, Montana, thinking thinking oh yeah. 
yes, we're going to escape this craziness. And then you're like, wait a minute. They've got the rainbow-colored crosswalks here. They're attacking law enforcement. They got, they're got they pushing this equity proposal, critical race theory garbage. What in the world? This is, this is what we were trying to escape. And then they're like, okay, got to go to Belgrade, got to go to Three Forks, got to go to Manhattan. I mean, I mean that's what I, – I, I'm just telling you, like longtime Bozeman families are honestly, if they haven't done it already, some of them are. They're flirting with that idea of, of being refugees themselves. And some of these people are, are consider themselves to be pretty progressive to begin with. And it's oh, too yeah. much for them. What, the the <laughs> one know, couple... I, I know people... I'm, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know people along those lines that they consider themselves to be fairly liberal, and it's getting to be too much for them. And it's yeah. like, yeah, well, you know, you, you, you've made your bed... <laughs> Now it's time to sleep in it, you know. Did you happen to see the article I sent you about the anesthesia in uh, the, from the uh, medical governance board in Scotland? I may have missed that one just because sometimes my my messages get all bogged down because uh, because of uh, you know just emails and messages. And then I was I was driving back and forth uh, for, uh, uh, to and from Dylan over the weekend as well. Uh, if you can, Tim, send us send us those types of messages over the Montana Talks app because uh, Travis is is uh, much more competent than me. He'll make sure we don't miss that that stuff. <laughs> He'll pronounce. Oh, hey, quick uh, before before I get to Leslie and Three Forks here, Tim, speaking. You know, Bozeman, you know, uh, you know, it's it's uh, Sunday morning. We're driving back from Dillon and my wife and I are like, let's let's go have breakfast in in uh, downtown. Right. You cannot yeah. go to breakfast in downtown anywhere. Th- this is why you're, the best the best bets always go to the Club Tavern and Grill there at the best, best Western Grand Tree. And that's the best place to, to eat in Bozeman. Hands down. Anyway, good folks, good people at the Grand Tree there. But yeah, every 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 restaurant uh, practically that does a Sunday morning brunch had hour long waits. Uh, the, uh, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know, everything. Uh, no joke. So it's like, well, I guess uh, <laughs> we'll just keep moving then here. All right, Tim, great to hear from you. Thanks for the phone call. 2940 970, the number for you. Leslie in Three Forks, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Oh, um, first, first I'd say uh, I really appreciate everything you do, Aaron. Thank you. And uh, Second, I'd say, you know, no matter who our conservative is that runs, you know, the, the left's going to bash him. So I say we need to reelect Donald Trump. He's the only person I ever remember that got in there and he tries to do everything he said. No matter what you think about him or how he does it, he just—he he was a great president. I think. I think we need to get him in there, and I think—I think he's learned from the first term. I think he's, he's going to get it really good this time. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and Mark Lauder, uh, who is a former special assistant to President Trump, he joined us on the show uh, in the eight o'clock hour last Thursday. But I—I I, I shared a line from him on uh, on Saturday night and Dylan as well that. You know, the point that Mark Lauder made, because I asked him, hey, if you were speaking at a Lincoln-Reagan dinner this weekend like I was in in Montana, what would you say? And he said, we've been here before. We had to survive a Jimmy Carter to get a Ronald Reagan. And and then he made the point – you know, he made this point that – you know, all of these people that are announcing runs for president of the United States right now, he said, no matter who they are, they're all campaigning on the Trump policies. The Trump policies worked. So we know how to fix this problem. We just get the Trump policies in place. And like we're seeing with the liberal mob media attacking Ron DeSantis in such such an absurd manner is is 
Look, to those Republicans out there who think, well, if we get somebody other than Donald Trump, they won't have the baggage Donald Trump has. They won't get attacked by the media like Donald Trump has. Oh, give me a break. They're going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at whoever the Republican candidate is going to be, right? Yep, exactly. That's exactly the truth. And I think, you know, what happened to him was wrong. And either whether whether it's Ron DeSantis or Trump, I think we need to get behind him, but... You know, I just I think I think Trump will end up being the the candidate. I think we really need to get behind him if he is. Well, yeah, we got to get behind him, or or like you say, whoever the Republican candidate is. Uh, who who was it on Fox News? Somebody uh, over the weekend they were describing it, or maybe it was Friday night. They said it's uh, it's Ron or Don is is what it sounds like right now. None of these other candidates, I, I and I agree with their assessment. I don't think any of these other candidates truly have a shot. I think they're they're throwing their names out there, but in the process, we're hearing their great ideas. So so that's all right too. But I I think at this point, it's it's Ron or Don. And that's really all I want to say. I just want to say people just need to start thinking about that because, you know, all that saying baggage, just like you said, it, it, they'll throw it at whoever. It doesn't matter. Hey, you were, you were I think, on, on the phone lines when Tim and Billings called in and was talking about uh, some people trying to flee Bozeman. Are, are you seeing people in Three Forks that are, that are fleeing Bozeman at all? Yeah, I run into people all the time that the cost of living in Bozeman is just getting so high. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Leslie, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yeah, speaking of presidential candidates, you know, one one guy who's throwing his name out there, I don't know too much about Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, but he was on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo. And again, like I say, I think it's Ron or Don, but, but these other folks who are getting their name out there have some good things to say as well. Here's what Vivek Ramaswamy had to talk about when it comes to this climate religion uh, that is occupying the Democrats. So look, I think one of the top priorities is make sure the people we elect to run the government are the ones who act actually run the government. And for me, that starts with the presidency. And so you want to talk about actual reform. There's a lot that the U.S. president can do, even by executive order. The system works slowly when your first acts have to go through Congress. That's why I've said I'm going to end affirmative action in America, because Lyndon Johnson created it by executive order. I can end it by executive order. And I'm surprised, Maria, that not a single Republican has ever, I think, since then run on that premise. Well, abandoning climate religion that shackles the United States while leaving China untouched. These are things that the U.S. president can lead the way on. But it requires somebody who takes a strong view of the Constitution and says that these are things I don't need permission for Congress to do. Managerial and bureaucratic reform will liberate this country. And I think it's time to get rid of that managerial class. That's one of my top domestic priorities. Unfortunately, the Biden administration main priority is the climate change agenda. This is a whole of government approach and it has uh, impacted the national security of being uh, oil independent, energy independent. Absolutely. I mean, you think about actually handing $40 billion plus to Ukraine with one hand at the same time that Biden was lobbying actually the EU from its Russian oil import ban. The reason is because we've shot our own fossil fuel industry in the foot and it is because of this climate religion. But the dirty little secret, Maria, that not a lot of people know is the climate religion actually has nothing to do with the climate. It is all about power, control, dominion and apologizing for America's own success. And the reason why is that this religion looks the other way when PetroChina picks up the projects that American companies drop. Last time I checked 
it was global climate change. And also it's hostile to nuclear energy, which is truly bizarre because that's the best form of carbon-free energy production known to mankind. The problem for them is that nuclear energy might be too good at solving their alleged problem. Mm. What they really want to do is punish America and establish this agenda of global equity, which also allows China to catch up to us. And I think it's important we have a president who sees through that. Mm. Republicans dance around this issue a little bit too delicately. I say it expressly. We need to abandon climate religion in America. That's the easiest step to unshackle our economy. Yeah, great remarks there by Vivek Ramaswamy on uh, Maria Bartiromo's program yesterday. There was something else that Leslie and Three Forks said that, that I, oh, I was like, oh, that's a great point. And it reminds me of something I wanted to talk about this morning. Uh, he, he was talking about, hey, look, you know, Donald Trump learned a lot uh, about the deep state. Anyway, uh, so, Leslie, I want to go back to one more point you brought up after this. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Biden is now making moves to make America even more dependent on China. You can't make this up. This was reported by the Daily Caller. The Biden administration is now considering easing restrictions on American investments in China via an executive order by requiring notifications to the federal government as opposed to blocking the investments. Why would we do this? Why would he give, after he depleted our strategic petroleum reserves, why would Joe Biden give and sell the communist Chinese oil when they are now our number one geopolitical threat and foe? Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Listen, the last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%. The U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver rush of our generation? That's why I want you to call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD because when you do, you'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, you could get up to $10,000 in free silver just for doing it. This is a rare opportunity, so don't miss what could be your best opportunity to protect your retirement savings. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. See, in order for the rest of the folks in the news to think it's news, you've got to have LGBTQ in the headline. See, now, Governor Gianforte is about to deliver tax relief for all Montanans. Oh, but that's not big news. So you have to use a different headline. Governor Gianforte delivers tax relief for LGBTQ Montanans. Well, it's true. They're getting tax relief. We're all going to get tax relief. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. One. Six six three eight. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Uh, yeah, Tim and Billings is right here. Tim uh, and Billings sent us a message on the Montana Talks app. We just heard from him over the phone lines, and then he followed up with a message on the app. You can do one or the other or both as well. Two nine four zero nine seventy is the number for you. Tim said this, these other Republican candidates are all auditioning to be President Trump's new vice president. Uh, yeah, th- I think you're right there, Tim. Uh, or or you could add maybe auditioning to be uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, vice president president potentially as well uh, I, I mean if you if you saw or heard uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on I think he was on Fox News Sunday yesterday I don't know it's all a blur because I was uh, I was driving through uh, snowy slick conditions yesterday so uh, so uh, but uh, had some good content to listen to along the way but yeah I think it was I think it was Mike Pompeo and and I, you know I think I think you could safely uh, say that he was definitely critical of uh, President Trump Trump in a couple of key uh, areas yesterday, even though he was Trump's secretary of state and and, and he generally broadly speaks supportive of President Trump. Uh, so so anyway, that that note could apply in a couple of different facets. Uh, something that Leslie in Three Forks said just a few minutes ago is that, hey, I, I think I think Donald Trump learned a lot in his first term as president. Leslie, that's a good point that you look at everything Donald Trump accomplished from 2016 to 2020, you look at everything he delivered on when it comes to our economy in particular. Remarkable, right? Uh, making America energy dominant instead of uh, you know bowing down to dictators and kneeling to these dictators and kneeling to the, uh, the BLM rioters, right? Uh, so look at everything Donald Trump delivered, but yet, you know, you, you also look at some of the other nonsense that went on and 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 that that's one of the criticisms is that is that you know you had this kind of old school establishment transition team where who are you going to put okay so let's say Donald Trump wins in 2024 again let's say Ron DeSantis wins in 2024 Vivek Ramaswamy Mike Pompeo anybody any of them win well, what ends up happening? Who are they going to hire to put into these key government positions and into all of these government roles that they need to fill? And anyway, now uh, there's a piece at the DailyCaller.com. Conservative li- leaders reveal plan to get personnel in order after uh, you know the Trump administration the first time around. And this is great. It's called Project 2025, spearheaded by the Heritage Foundation. And... Uh, one of our own uh, Montana guys is working on this right now. Jeremy Carl, who is a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, he lives in Bozeman, and uh, he is one of the key folks who's who's helping to spearhead this initiative. He was a, a Trump appointee uh, uh, who uh, was Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Interior under President Donald Trump. And so, so anyway, that that's great because here's the problem: is you can get a new boss in any in any government agency. Or, or it's your office or whatever. But if the boss basically inherits the, you know, the same staff and can't make the, the policy moves that the new boss wants to make, is the new boss really the boss? Is he making decisions or just making recommendations and hoping that eventually they follow through? So anyway, I think that's a that's a great story. It's great that guys like Jeremy Carl and others are working to make that happen. Uh, let's see. You got a lot to talk about this morning. Speaking of uh, making things happen, I'll tell you what. It was so cool when we had George Blackard on the show on Friday. He was talking about uh, a uh, Marine veteran friend of ours uh, who just started doing Billings Last Diet. Uh, he's one of those guys who are like, yeah, golly, man, I gotta, I've been having a little too much fun lately. I got to pull off some of the pounds. 
He started Billings last night and is already shedding a whole bunch of pounds. But the other thing that George said was really interesting. He said, he said, he said, I, I asked our, our friend, I said, do you feel better? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, I'm feeling better. Like you're, you're less, your body's less bloated when you're not ingesting all those carbs. And when he starts shedding the weight, you immediately start feeling better. Uh, so it's not just about looking better. It's about feeling better as well. Go to BillingsLastDiet.com or give them a call today so you can experience the same benefits for yourself. 294-6751, Billings Last Diet. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Building electric transmission lines is hard. An electric company that I worked for decades ago had a group of 25 very smart engineers and programmers who did a lot of sophisticated analysis to determine what would be the best projects to go ahead with. Every year, this group compiled thick reports full of recommendations. It was a sad day when I learned that despite all their hard work, the number of new lines that had been built over the previous 20 years was zero. Amazing. Every single project to alleviate bottlenecks and get power to where it was needed was stopped by local opposition. That ugly fact is just the reality that power planners need to deal with. Power lines primarily benefit those at either end, while it's all the people along the line who bear the cost, real or imagined. Those costs can be everything from farm fields cut in half to the perception of wildfire risk. And so we go on, year after year, trying to get by on what's already been built. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver 